Let's turn now to God's word, first of all, from Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you accept my words and stir up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it, As for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then, You will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her path leads down to death and her her house leads down to death and her past the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus, you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. And some words from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's hidden wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Coming now to Proverbs 2. We're thinking about a path to take. And Proverbs 2 gives us the path to take that God provides. And we live in a world, don't we, today? So many men and women are wandering. They're wandering either on a path that's completely wrong. Or they're wandering not knowing what path to take at all in their lives. But God's good news is that there is a way for man to rise the path that God provides. And we come to this second proverb 
another proverb of King Solomon. And we read those words from 1 Corinthians 2 a few moments ago. How the wisdom we have from God that Proverbs talks about isn't a wisdom of the world. It's not a wisdom of the age, not a wisdom of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. It is God's secret wisdom. And we know here the wonderful promise of Scripture. It's a wisdom hidden that God destined for our glory before time began. That staggering thought, before our world ever came into being. Before Adam and Eve ever fell into sin and brought down the human race with them in, in sin, God planned a wisdom of his. And I believe that when we come to look at Proverbs chapter 2, or any part of the Old Testament, we have to see it too through New Testament eyes. Augustine prayed like this, St. Augustine of Hippo, that which is latent in the old is patent in the new. And as you look at God's wisdom here through New Testament eyes, we see a deeper motivation. The Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 24, we're told about this. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 verse 33, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. It tells Ephesians that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And when Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the very first gift that God gives by the Holy Spirit is the message of wisdom. And because without that wisdom in our hearts and lives, the other gifts will not operate properly. The foundation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is first of all the gifts that God gives through his wisdom. And the Bible talks about pathways that people can take. There is a right pathway or there is a wrong pathway. In Job 24.13 is written, there are those who rebel against the light who did not know its ways or stay in its paths. Proverbs 12.28 In the way of righteousness there is life along that path is immortality. And yet, Isaiah writes, conversely, the way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. They have turned them into crooked roads. No one who walks along them will know peace. There is a way that appears to write Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. And the problem of our society today is, it is walking along crooked paths, but praise God, God gives us the path that we take in his love and his direction. The path is alone through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that by God's grace, we will not turn to the left or turn to the right, but walk on the path that God gives us to do. We see here the choice is really that the, as the writer of a proverb says, it's really, is there a choice between will we choose wisdom or will we choose folly? 
Paul wrote also in 1 Corinthians, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And Paul says, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And I believe that the church in any generation will be successful or not, depending on the extent to which the church adapts the wisdom of God or falls into the trap of the wisdom of the world. And in these days in which we live, the wisdom of the world can be so alluring. And yet God calls upon us to be true to his wisdom. And Proverbs 2 we know was written by King Solomon. And we know the fame of Solomon's wisdom, but yet he is a sober warning to all the people of God in every generation. So there was Solomon. He was the son of David, the mighty King David. He had everything going for him. To him was given the commission of building God's temple that had been denied to his father David. And Solomon's reign began in great splendor and success. And he did, when he came to God, the prayer for the dedication of the temple, he, he didn't ask God for wealth. He didn't ask God for power. Instead, he asked God for wisdom. And God gave him great and mighty wisdom. And because he hasn't asked for power and riches as well, God gave them to him. And perhaps people think about the wisdom of Solomon so much, don't they? all the famous accounts of how he exercised great wisdom. But that wisdom was given to him by God alone. It was not his. It was God's gift. And he exercised God's gift. And he was faithful to God's word. And yet later in his life, Solomon had a very different kind of kingship. In a way, to me, he's probably the most disappointing king in the Old Testament. That he had so much. He had all of God's wisdom. And he turned away from it. He married over 700 wives, we're told. Imagine all his anniversaries and, uh, and birthdays, remember. He then had 300 concubines and many, many children. And his foreign wives, they were for all, from all the lands from which God had forbidden him to marry people from those lands. Yet Solomon disobeyed God and married all those wives from the lands that God had banned. And because of that, Solomon went away from the Lord his God. And his kingdom went into disaster. And the kingdoms broke apart into Judah and Israel upon the death of Solomon, where the ten tribes of Israel revolted against his son Rehoboam when he tried to run the kingdom as badly as his father had done. And yet, there was Solomon at the very start of his kingship, walking with God, praying for God's gift of wisdom, receiving it, and receiving great blessing. And yet, he turned away from God to the wisdom of the world instead. You know, I think in Solomon, there's a sober warning for every one of God's people that the moment we turn away from God's wisdom and turn to the world's wisdom, everything goes wrong. And therefore, these Proverbs are so important as part of the wisdom literature because they point us towards keeping to the wisdom that comes from God alone. Really, looking at Proverbs chapter 2, 
the first four verses all about if you do something, the next five verses, to five to nine, are about what are the results of doing something. And then further on, verses 10 to 22, show what happens when we adopt God's wisdom, what we must do with it, and the rules to test we have it, plus the protection God's people have when they abide by the wisdom of Almighty God. We're told, you know, at the start of a few verses, we need to accept, we need to store up, we need to turn our ears to wisdom, we need to apply our hearts to understanding, we need to call out, cry aloud, look for wisdom, search for wisdom. And if we do this, then all the things in verses 5 to 9 will be ours. But first of all, the writer says this, my son, if you accept my words. I believe the foundation for acquiring and maintaining God's wisdom is accepting God's word and remaining faithful in God's word. Matthew Henry put it this way, we must be convinced that the words of God are the fountain and standard of wisdom and understanding and that we need not desire to be wiser then they will make us. We must incline our ear and apply our hearts and us to wisdom or understanding itself. Many wise things may be found in human compositions, but divine revelation and true religion built upon it are all wisdom. We must accordingly receive the word of God with all readiness of mind and bid it welcome. Even the commandment as well as the promises without murmuring or disputing. Speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. We must hide them with us as we do our treasures, which we are not afraid of being robbed of. We must not only receive, but retain the word of God and lodge it in our hearts that it may always be ready to us. We must incline our ears to them. We must lay hold on all opportunities of hearing the word of God and listen to it with attention and seriousness, as those that are afraid of letting it slip, we must apply our hearts to them, else in clearing the ear to them will stand us in no good stead. He said things like, listen to the word of God, as those that are afraid of letting it slip. And I say, I believe the church in every generation will be successful or not, depending on the extent to which she accepts and retains the Bible as God's word. You know, Martin Luther said, let the word do its work. And when we believe God's word, it will do amazing, wonderful work. But if we don't believe what God says, then everything starts to go wrong. The first temptation Adam and Eve faced to Eve in the Garden of Eden was this, where Satan offered the fruit to Eve and said to Eve, that temptation, did God really say? And when Eve believed that God didn't really say, then what a terrible consequence there was. Accept the word of God. By turning our ear 
to wisdom and applying our heart to understanding, verse 2. Because, you know, God's word needs to come into our ears to wisdom and apply to our heart. It goes into our ear, not just to the head, but into our hearts. And then the, the Solomon says this, And if you call for insight and cry aloud for understanding. The Bible reminds us here, we need to pray and cry after knowledge and wisdom. James says this, 1.5, if any of you ask, lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. When James is saying, well, if you don't ask, don't be surprised, you don't get. And he says in chapter 3, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Ask of the Lord for wisdom. And Charles Bridges said this, We get earthly wisdom by study, but we get heavenly wisdom by prayer. Because prayer puts a heart under a heavenly tutorage and forms a wise and spiritual Christian from the ear right into the heart. But we're told this. If we ask God for it, we cry aloud for it. We cry aloud for understanding. We look for wisdom as we look for silver, as we look for any precious thing, because the most precious thing we can have in this respect is to have God's wisdom and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then in verse 5 and 6, then, here's a consequence, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In Proverbs 9, we read how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And John Bunyan talks about ungodly fear and godly fear. Ungodly fear drives us to despair. Godly fear drives us to God. We're told that Noah, when he's building the ark, moved in fear. And a godly fear, for the word makes a sound impression upon all of our hearts. Wisdom comes by God's revelation and discipleship. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And we're promised this. If we do all these things, we're told, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom then told in verse 7, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. You see, 
verses 6 to 8, we take our encouragement from God alone. Here's a promise. He gives victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. And if our walk is blameless, God is a shield to us. But if our walk goes off God's path, then that shield is taken away. And we're told this in verses 8. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then Solomon says in verse 9, if we do all this, this is a consequence. Verse 9, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. If we do this, seek wisdom and the knowledge of God in the fear of the Lord, we will receive wisdom. Then we'll know what's right and just and fair and every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. It's getting the wisdom of God in the ear, into the head, and then into the heart. And we know this knowledge will be pleasant to our soul. And we know that wisdom is God's precious gift. When we read Acts chapter 6 about Stephen testifying to the Jewish authorities, we're told this, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. And in the rest of this passage in verses 10 to 22, Solomon tells about really what are the advantages of wisdom, what to do with it, and the rules we have to test it. We still have it. Wisdom entering in the heart, it's being pleasant to our souls. It's the harmony between our souls and God's creation. And Charles Bridges said, clear knowledge just in the head is deep ignorance. For God's wisdom will protect us. God's wisdom will guard us. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And God gives us all the protection we need. In verses 12 to 15, we're told how we are protected against evil men alien to us. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight path to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil. You see, in our land today, in our sin-broken land, the problem is this, that men and women not only do sinful, evil things, they're proud of doing so. There was a time when people would do evil things and be secretly ashamed of it. Now, so many people today are actually proud of doing evil things. But those who do that, God protects his people against if we walk in his ways. God protects us from walking in those crooked and perverse ways if God's wisdom dwells always in our hearts and lives. 
it will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For this person, this adulterous wife here, her house leads down to death and her past to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or to attain the paths of life. And here's a stark contrast between, on the one hand, walking in wisdom and in God's paths, and on the other hand, walking in the paths that lead away from the living God, the paths that lead down to death, to the spirits of the dead, from which none who go to her return or attain the paths of life. But Solomon says here, instead, you walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. Because the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Reminded here, we choose to follow God's way of wisdom because it will establish our integrity and we will remain in the land. All who are scholars of God's wisdom remain secure in the land. But what's the contrast? The wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. And so God, you know, he's given us here these clear paths to walk, to walk in the way of his holy wisdom, the wisdom supremely revealed to us in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The wisdom of the cross that confronts the wisdom of the world. The choice between walking in God's paths or walking in the paths of the world. And as I mentioned earlier, Solomon is a sober warning to all of God's people. Some of God's people in history have fallen so spectacularly from the heights to which they once achieved by God's grace. And Solomon is a devastating example of that. We keep to God's wisdom. We pray that God's Holy Spirit will fill our hearts and lives and keep us on his path. That everything we do may be to God's glory and to God's glory alone. Amen.